I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. New college football odds. Clemson minus 400 to make the playoffs. Notre Dame minus 250. They play each other. We'll explain what it means. Drew Brees is back at practice. Philly says they're spending time preparing for the possibility of Brees. But inexplicably, Eagles money is dropping that line. Tonight, Super Bowl rematch. Rams opened up a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Pats. It's been all Pats money. We have a trend that says you don't want to bet the Pats no matter what, but we'll explain, leading off the show, why it doesn't apply. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. the Vegas Strip. Here's R.J. Bell. I'm R.J. You heard it. That's right. On a Thursday, live from Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik. Bottom of the hour, crossfire time, baby. It's another demolition. And at 20 after the hour... Last week, Fez had what some believe is the worst pick ever made on national radio. That was, <laughs> that was betting against the Patriots. But there's actually a pick he made recently that's worse than that. 20 after. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Huh. It's so bad. Oh, my God. It's going to be like people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, this guy's got to be smart. Because if he's so bad on this pick and he's still on the radio, that means he's got to really be smart. I don't know if that makes any sense to Jonas, but he is our (laughs) Joe in Los Angeles. Well, I do take offense to that because I think I've had much worse picks on national radio. Just you, just wait till twenty after. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I don't <laughs> I don't open up the show with it. But RJ, on a day in which we've got Week 14 in the NFL kicking off later on tonight, more and more news seemingly out of the world of college football. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? Thursday night's about Thursday night football, and we have a trend that is exclusive. We originated it that might tell you something that I don't think is true, and thus we want to lead with the game tonight. And so week 14 does kick off later on tonight, a couple hours from now on Fox. It's the Patriots at the Rams. New England stays in L.A. and finds themselves a four and a half point underdog against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, down from six and a half. A lot of Patriots money. And that flies in the face of the following trend. And you heard a lot of this for a couple of years from other shows, from this show even for a while, which is road teams on Thursday are at a big disadvantage. The rationale being, if you play on Sunday, you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Then it's a Thursday game. If you play Sunday to Sunday, you have six days off. Six divided by three. It's about half as much, Fez. And the theory is, if you have half as much prep time, The time it takes to travel, the travel time, is a bigger percentage of the overall time, and thus it's a bigger negative. 
But what we figured out was, and Mackenzie, pregame.com researcher, did a good job on this, is if you say how far of a trip is the time of the travel really significant? And once we ascertained that 850 miles was that demarcator, that point, and we figured out if the team was traveling more than 850 miles, they covered the spread only 39% of the time. So less than four out of 10 times they would cover. The other team would cover six out of 10 plus, the home team. But if the travel were fewer than 850 miles, it's 50-50, right down the middle. So there was a famous advertiser, Ogilvy, back in the 60s. And he wrote a pretty famous book on advertising. But he said, half of my advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. (laughs) And in a way, there's a lot of trends like that, where there's some real truth in that trend, but it's obscured by other things. There was some real truth in that Thursday night road team trend, but it was obscured by the fact that it was about the length of the travel. At least that's what history tells us. So, RJ, that means there's no way you can play the Patriots because it's more than 850 miles from coast to coast. True, except this is why sports betting is more art than science. And it's why it's kept me interested for 30-plus years, from the young age of 14, Fez, when I won my first 14 parlay, paying 10 to 1 ties lose. Ouch. Yes. So, <laughs> but I was happy with that envelope, 20 won me 200. And then I kept betting that 20 a week until the envelope was gone. It was a good lesson. Here's what I know, though. The Patriots didn't go home. The Patriots stayed in practice at UCLA. So in the history of this trend, in five years, ten years, Jonas hopefully will be here. A little less hair, probably. His (laughs) tattoos have faded. But still, we'll be talking about this trend. And one of the numbers that will be in there is how the Patriots do tonight. And you know what? It shouldn't be. Because if it's about travel, I don't know the distance from UCLA's facility to the stadium, but I know it's less than 850 miles. And thus, as much as we want to apply this trend, it would be wrong to do so. And thus, the money, which has been on the Pats, again, Rams open six and a half, now down to four and a half, is not bucking the spirit of this trend. Any thoughts? Yeah, and I think the fact that they get to play in the exact same stadium, I imagine they just checked into their hotel Saturday and have stayed there all week long. So other intangibles certainly helping the Patriots here in terms of continuity. Would you like to speculate on their lunch today? Do you think you know what they ate? Like low carb, just enough to feel good? Like Any thoughts? I'm sure under the genius, it's an optimal schedule. (laughs) That's that's true. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. So... At the end of the show, end of the hour, we'll break this baby down. But, Jonas, I'd like to get into this Jalen Hurts next. I've been racking my brain about why the Eagles made the move when they did, and I think I know. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts was named the starting quarterback earlier this week by Doug Peterson, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, this after we saw a bunch of Jalen Hurts last time out after Carson Wentz struggled yet again. So this weekend against the number one team in the NFC, it will be Jalen Hurts, the rookie, making his first ever NFL start. So we haven't discussed this, Jonas. Let me ask you, if I said, why did Peterson make this move when he did, what would you speculate? Carson Wentz is lacking confidence. 
And I think this also is a way for them to showcase that Carson Wentz isn't just the problem because Jalen Hurts might put on a, a horrible performance against that Saints defense. And this might show people, hey, it's not just Carson here. We've got issues elsewhere on offense. So you're saying that he's being offered up like a sacrificial lamb. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> now think about that. Uh, if you're right... Under that theory, then do they potentially, let's say they find a play that they think could work. Do they potentially not call that play? No, it doesn't go to that extent to where they're, you know, trying because to Because wouldn't it counteract it. and go the opposite way if Hurts has a good game? Well, I think that they also realize that the more that they point out that they're flawed elsewhere on offense, the more that it sort of sounds like they're making excuses for Carson Wentz. And a lot of this is on Carson Wentz, but you can't deny the offensive line is banged up. The running back has been an issue. Wide receivers have been in and out of the lineup all year. Zach Ertz, his favorite target has been banged up all season this feels like a way for them to get them away from the chaos put Jalen Hurts out there and it serves two purposes mm. one you get to see what you have in Jalen Hurts knowing that there's going to be some issues against this New Orleans team and also it shows people Carson Wentz isn't just the problem and at the same time he gets maybe a little bit of his confidence back that's Jonas Knox I'm RJ Bell I think I generally agree with you, except I'm coming at it from a different perspective, and I think it's the perspective that matters. There's one asset for the Eagles organization that matters above all others, and this is about the money, is Wentz's contract makes it prohibitive to do anything but have him be on your roster this year, next year, and the year after, 2020, 21, 22. There's really very few scenarios that would allow that. They can cut them, but there's so much dead money, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, It would be an albatross around this organization, the Eagles, for years to come. This year, remainder plus two more. So they've got to find a way to maximize the value of this asset, their most important asset. And I believe the following. The combination of Hurts having a really bad game. And you might say, well, how do we know that, RJ? Well, one, we know he was probably overdrafted, at least for this year. Now, let's think about this. Jordan Love was overdrafted for this year, meaning if the return this season were the metric, you don't ever draft a project. By definition, a project is something that will take a couple of years or extended time to develop, and at the end of that time, the return is worth it. It's like some stock you buy, it's going to be flat for a couple years, but then it 10Xs, and it's fine. But you don't buy that stock if you're going to have to sell your stocks within six months. Right? Horizon of investment is always a consideration. The horizon of the Eagles, it was a very egotistical pick to think we're so good, we don't need another receiver. We, don't, we can start worrying about the next quarterback that's going to be a multiple-year project. And you know what? It's a smart move to do that if the talent is massive and you're getting it at a discount. If Hertz were 100% developed and mature, he probably was a first-round pick. So it kind of makes sense to pick a project with the talent of a first-rounder later, but not to play this year. So one... I think that all the talk about Hertz isn't ready is warranted. It feels warranted. Though I hear from people, 
around the Eagles that he's a hard worker. He's winning the team over. The players love him. Have you heard that, Jonas? Yeah, everybody loves him. They loved him back in Alabama, the way he handled the Tua benching uh, benching uh, for Tua. They loved him going to Oklahoma, developing into a better quarterback. But you're right. The talk on him was maybe a third, maybe a fourth-round draft pick. They took him the second round. No doubt. So let's assume Hurts is a project and that he could turn out to be something and it wouldn't be, it might be a good pick. But for now, he's not ready. So why put him in against literally the best defense in the NFL? If you look at it statistically, the Saints are the best defense in the NFL and they're even better in the recent six weeks or so. Fez, you've got a trend or a stat on how good the Saints have been. Yeah, the last five weeks, the Saints have given up fewer than 17 points in each and every game. So we went back and looked, how good is that? How rare is that? Over the last four years, there's only been one other NFL team that's held their opponents five straight weeks to under 17 points, the New England Patriots, early last year. And again, they had a a real poor strength of schedule last year, the Pats. But this year, I mean, the Falcons are supposed to be a pretty good offense. They've played them twice. Now, obviously, the Denver game was an aberration. But otherwise, meaning the Saints played great there, as they should have. But otherwise, this was a very... Uh, maybe the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, they faced San Francisco, held them to 13, and at Tampa Bay, held the Bucks to a field goal. Now, think about that a second. So, that's Steve Fezzik and R.J. Bell. So, why offer up a sacrificial lamb? It's because you don't want your very best asset, your most important asset, to be tarnished even more. He's tarnished. Carson Wentz is tarnished. But you don't want it to be in a way he can't come back from. So, kind of dovetailing into Jonas's thought, you make it seem like, see, we got big problems here. Hurts is even worse. Wentz looks better relatively yeah. compared to Hurts. And you have a situation where he Hurts doesn't take, or Wentz, the asset, doesn't take the worst of it from a defense that's so good, so good. And finally... It's not only a good defense, the Saints, but they're sophisticated. It is a very complex D with a lot of veterans. This is the kind of defense that a young quarterback really struggles against. They're going to trick him three ways to Sunday. They've got tricks upon tricks ready for him. So to me, it's not, we can say, oh, it's not fair to hurt. But in my opinion, this makes sense, assuming the assumed here. Jonas, final word, does that resonate with you? Yeah, 100%. And that's why one of the rumors out there uh, is, you know, maybe Indianapolis makes a move for him because you play on the, well, Frank Wright can fix him. You know, Carson Wentz, you play on somebody's ego thinking, well, he's not damaged goods. He just needs needs a different situation or a different place to go. And the more healthy he is and the more that you can increase his value heading into the offseason, which at, at, right now is at an all-time low, the better it off it is for Philadelphia. You make a good point. It does. It doesn't matter if it's Hertz is going to be the quarterback of the future and you're getting rid of Wentz. His value matters if you are looking to sell him. Yeah. And even if you're not looking to sell him, his value matters, not so much on the perception from the outside, but his mindset and the fans' tolerance for him to maybe have a slow start next year. If he looks better, it helps you trade him and it helps the fans tolerate if there starts uh, next season starts out poorly. Everything points to Hurts. He's only a second-round pick. He's expendable. Wentz isn't. 
You know, I think that works, but I didn't intend to hit that button, but okay, I'll take the applause. Instead, let's do this. Now, I laid out why. I laid out why I think the Philly Eagles are doing what they're doing. Now, after the break, I'm going to tell you how we can make money from it, and it isn't obvious the way I'm going to do it. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments from now, we will continue to take a Vegas look at the Eagles' decision at quarterback. Jonas, who, what show has the coolest Christmas music? Oh, straight out of Vegas. I mean, it's it's yeah. almost like worth listening just to hear what I'm pulling out. And <laughs> and John does an amazing job with it. So I, I kind of enjoy it. I used to think of it, you know, it's a mandate. It's a rare mandate from above. Christmas time, you play Christmas music, and it's got me create. It's it got my creative juices flowing. <laughs> Sinatra, Dean Martin. I mean, how do you do better than that? Punk bands from Ireland. <laughs> this that's just part of the reason this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus, and we thank you so much for the support. It's cause of you, and we promise to keep working hard to make this the best football season yet. Except Fez is going to have. Exposed the worst pick in the history of the world, worse than the Chargers soon enough. But first, I'm going to give away to win with the Eagles, or at least fading them in a unique way, right here in Las Vegas on the Strip, 64 degrees, and the neon is pumping. So, RJ, we were discussing Doug Peterson and the Eagles' decision to start rookie Jalen Hurts at quarterback this weekend, first ever NFL start, and he finds himself a seven-point underdog at home to the New Orleans Saints. Now, Drew Brees was back at practice today, Jonas. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah. And Philadelphia has said they're spending part of their time preparing for the possibility of Drew Brees. I think that's a big advantage. Remember when the Saints were going to potentially start Winston or Hill? They didn't tell him until the last minute. Yes. Because why not have them spend extra time thinking of one thing, thinking of the other, especially when you're trying to get a new quarterback ready. The line, though, Fez, has dropped. The Eagles were a seven-point underdog against the Saints. It's down to six and a half. Now, on news that it's possible Breeze is going to play, though unlikely this week, and on news or on the reality of Jalen Hurts, how does this line drop? What do you think is going on here? You know, I usually can explain line moves, and this one is just a mystery to me. I agree. And when it's a mystery, it scares me. So I'm going to stay away from the game, but here is a best bet. Team total Eagles under. Now, what is a team total? You can bet on how many points the Eagles score. That's it. That's all you're betting. And the over-under on that is in the... 18 and a half. 18 and a half. So let's make this an early official best bet. I've, In fact, I haven't bet it yet. So most of these numbers, there's numbers out there now, but Friday afternoon, there'll be more books putting this up. Exactly. All right, so I'm going to bet this probably right before tomorrow's show, so don't beat me to it, <laughs> please. But no, do your thing. But under 
18 and a half points for the Eagles because you don't know if the Eagles are hurt by Hurts the way I think they will be. There can be pick sixes. There can be fumble returns. And the under in general would be appealing. It's almost like this, Jonas. If you think the team's got bad quarterbacks, you want to bet under unless they're too bad. And then they cause each other to be able to score. <laughs> I don't want to see that. So I'm just right. going to stick with the Eagles under. Because Sean Payton's too smart to let the Eagles score too much off of Hill's mistakes. I think he'll be conservative. And thus, I think the Eagles will have to travel the whole field to score. And Fez, what stat is that? It's five games in a row. The teams have had less than how many points? Less than 17 points. So we're going under 18 and a half with the worst quarterback probably to start a game in the NFL this year, at least currently, meaning Hurts in today's reality. What do you think of the pick, Jonas? Well, I, I think it's a good pick. And is this one of those, because this is how I justify my losses. And I'm not saying that you're going to lose. But if, <laughs> if something were to happen and there was that fluky turnover that resulted in them getting 19 or 20 points, at least you know you can look back and say, I would have done it all over again. Because the logic makes sense. The logic yeah. going into it makes complete and total sense. You don't have the win, but the, at least the logic was there and you can't really control some fluky circumstances. But let's not get your pathological losing <laughs> anywhere near like, like he's already but, saying you don't listen, have the win it's like i don't even know what he's saying it doesn't travel outside california you're safe <laughs> i'm telling you what i really like about this pick is there's somewhat of a comp also that we saw new orleans play denver so a comparable yes because denver didn't have a quarterback and all and what did new orleans go with long ball control drives not making any mistakes grinding out the clock knowing that as long as the offense didn't make mistakes they'd win the game maybe that's why this line's dropping Right? In general, if you think the Saints are going to be extra conservative like they were against Denver, all of a sudden seven seems like a lot. Mm. But if you do, I, listen, if you like the Eagles, I think you've got to like the under on the game with it. I think that's correlated. If you like the Eagles, this is not going to be a shootout that the Eagles do well I can't, in. I can't imagine a scenario that the Eagles are going to be high scoring in this game, yes. And the total in the game itself is? 43. It has dropped the points. Makes sense. All right, I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Jonas. Would you guys also consider, you've talked about this, to where a mobile quarterback, when it's a playoff game or desperation time, they always tend to scramble a little bit more. Would you also maybe consider looking at Jalen Hurts' rushing yards, just trying to make a play, trying to get something going on offense, is maybe taking the over in that? I think that's very ingenuitive. Fez has a thought on it, but let me say this first. Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, former Browns GM, made a point. He said, if you look at the Hertz's plays against the Packers, if you say, look at the first half of them, how well did he do? And then look at the second half, how well did he do? In sequence, he did a lot less well later. And Lombardi said, they were able to figure out right away, he's not thrown to this part of the field, he's not thrown here, so we're going to do a controlled rush. Because what happens with these running quarterbacks, you want to go get them, strip the ball, whatever. You rush up the field, they loop under and get those long runs. But if you rush in a controlled way, you don't get to the quarterback as quick. But you don't got to worry about that because he's not going to complete a bunch of passes. And then he doesn't run. So I think the Saints are sophisticated enough that they won't fall into the trap with the whole week. See, it's bad they have the film on him. If you were going to start Hurts, you'd want to start him fresh in a game and surprise him. Now they got film on him. 
I think it's a horrible spot for the Eagles, and I wouldn't make your bet because I think the Saints are too smart to let that happen. And I did bet over 33 and a half. This came up for Hertz rush yards, and it was all about, I agree so with you. You bet this already. Yes. And it's over 33 and a half. Yes. And I think it's about usage. I agree with you that he's not going to be effective. I just think he's going to run enough times that he's going to get to that 33 number. Could be. Now, that's Steve Fezzik. We're going to segue to the worst bet in the history of the <laughs> media. So maybe you'll want to take that Hurts bet with a grain of salt. Then we're going to do our crossfire right after we have, in a few minutes, we'll get our see what's trending. So, Fez, let's harken back to about mm, a month ago. Antonio Brown from the Bucks and a guy named Little Scotty Miller, I call him. And somehow you offered me a bet. That was the kind of bet that if it wasn't you, I would take so fast, I'd probably dislocate my shoulder, reaching for the money. But because it was you, it caused me pause. There's certain people, if they say, I bet if, if there's a road sign that says 20 miles is city limits, and you go, I bet it's not 20 miles, don't bet. Because that's the kind of guy, if it was Fez, that would have been out the night before digging up that sign and moving it three miles. <laughs> Now, Fez maybe would hire someone to move it, but still, it'd be the same concept. Fez, tell us about the bet you proposed. I proposed that Scotty Miller... Little Scotty Miller. ...would have more catches the rest of the year than Antonio Brown. So this was when Brown was starting you know, his first game. It was yes. like coming in the first game. So I paused and paused, and actually, Maddie the Vig Holt, who's on the show with us most every Wednesday... He also wanted to bet you, which caused me a double pause, because this guy is a former bookie, and we know about bookies here, don't we? And if you're new to the show, this is what we think of bookies. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. Cockroaches, it's true. But I kept thinking about it, and Fez, I took your bet, didn't I? Oh, you did. Because my thinking was that these were mutually exclusive, that though Miller had, you know, broke a few prior, he was a slot receiver, and that Antonio Brown would be used instead of him. It wasn't so much Brown is that much better. It's that he would be used instead of Miller, and he wouldn't even get any targets. And let's be candid. When Brady has a vested interest in bringing in Brown, then he's going to try to make Brown work so it looks like his GM decision was a good one. How are you feeling about the bet? I wrote it off. <laughs> Scotty Miller got four yards, one catch, and AB's done well. And I uh, let, let's get the official stats. <laughs> now we be, now correct me if I'm wrong, Fez. I I I talked you into giving me plus money on this. I think so. Was it two to one? No. What was it? No, it was close to pick him. No, 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 no. You remember McKenzie? You got plus one fifty. Exactly, from, oh. exactly. Oh. So he, I, he was so sure on this, and he was pulling one over <laughs> on me. I made him give me plus one fifty. And right now, how many catches is it since November eighth? Does Scotty, little Scotty, have two? And Antonio Brown, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Jonas, how are you ever going to get a bat? You get plus one fifty on. That's twenty to two. Oh man. I, <laughs> I wonder if Fez, had you forgotten about this? Did you just like say, ah, you know, it's never going to get brought up again. We're too busy. And <laughs> the funny thing was, I was looking at targets for something else last week. He's only had four targets in the whole time. 
somehow Scotty Miller led the Bucks in pass yards before AB came aboard, and then he has been a wall. You know what's funny, Jonas? I had forgotten about this, but. Actually, uh, Get Up led their show about little Scotty Miller hasn't had any catches, <laughs> and that AB they've been trying to throw to him too much, and it was so funny to see the lead of the show talking about it. Well, because right. I, I was thinking about this too. Didn't you also make a bet? And I don't know if it was with Colin Cowherd, but I made a bet on the over of Patriot wins. Yeah, somebody yeah. gave you six, and they're already at six. No, five and a half. Five. And okay. A half. I mean, so, that's, so, so that was in won. the books. Now, I yeah. did give him two to one, but again, if it's two to one, if the sun's coming up, you're fine. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you know, we'll figure out. Uh, we don't want to, you know, let's just say I'm, I'm only going to mention it one time to Colin. I just want to find the right spot to do it on the <laughs> pod and such. So, let's do this, Fez. We're going to see what's trending. But before or right after that, you and I got a crossfire coming up. You've got the Bears. I've got the Texans. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. You know what this music means. Fez's doom. Crossfire time, baby. You got the Bears. And let's agree to the following. Your handicap stinks. We don't have to agree to that, but don't belabor it. It's a, n- a narrow handicap. Just make it quick. My handicap is strong. I have a one trump card, and I will play it. It's the weather here. Well, you're doing a lot of talking without saying a word. I've got a team from Houston. i got a team in the south that plays in a dome that is traveling north in wintertime to the elements in Chicago. Now, it's not going to be windy. It's going to be cold. 30 degrees. D- 30? So, you mean they could have a cup of water sitting outside, and it wouldn't freeze? Eventually, it would freeze. Yeah, it'd take about a week. Yes. And we saw Houston play one cold weather, bad, bad weather game all year long at Cleveland. They put up seven points. Now, I, I understand. Hold on a second. Are you trying to lie to the audience? No. Then why be disingenuous? It was. Do you think it was the weather? Or, I'm sorry, the, the temperature in that game? It was a combination really? of it being really windy and nasty. And How, Hold on a second. What is, is nasty like a technical weather <laughs> term of art? Cold rain in the How 40s. How cold was it? It was in the 40s. So you think it was the 40s? Let me think for a second. Well, it was 40 degrees and the wind was blowing 35 miles an hour. Which one do you think it the was? The wind was the dominant factor, uh-huh. no doubt about it. But with no experience other than so that you, game with the bad keep, weather. You're just going to keep repeating yourself now, aren't Yeah, because you? I'm right. The weather's going to compromise Houston's offense and the Bears are going to win this game. I like the Bears. That wasn't real convincing, was it, Jonas? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> All right. So we've got 300 from the pod. There's another 100 there. Do you want to double it to 800? Yes. You do? Yes. You want to double this day? All right. It's an $800 bat. Now, that worried me a little bit. It looks. Does Vito have this? <laughs> Is this a Vito play? Possibly. Exactly. You know, you can always tell, Jonas, when he's got a good play that that isn't um, he doesn't have any rationale for it means Vito gave it to him right <laughs> or or a Vito type here's what I'll tell you people don't understand legitimately how good Watson's been with his season the case could be made and this might sound goofy that the best quarterback in the NFL this year has been Deshaun Watson statistically I think you could make that case 
And because of that, I think just in general, Houston with their bad record has kept the faith. Now, there was a real question about, okay, Fuller's out. He's out for the rest of the season. And historically, the on-offs, meaning when Fuller was on the field and when he wasn't, was night and day. That without Fuller, it was a huge problem for Houston. Last week proved that it's no longer the case, or at least it's good evidence. So let's do this. Let's take our last break. When we come back, I'm going to explain to you how well Watson played last week and why Houston's a good bet. And Fez has the best bet that I agree with on tonight's Thursday Night Football. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., as we just heard a few minutes ago, you and Steve Fezzik crossfired on the Bears-Texans game this weekend. Fez also has a best bet coming up here in just a few minutes from now. But you yourself have a stat on one Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so my side of the crossfire, Houston, and Fez's handicap. Let me see if I can recap it. It's cold out. Okay. Here's the handicap. Deshaun Watson on the season, and let's kind of figure out what a good yards per attempt is. Yards per attempt, longtime listeners know, is one of Steve's favorite stats. You even call it advanced analytics, wouldn't you say, Steve? Yes. Okay. So the average NFL quarterback is seven and a half yards per attempt. Whenever they attempt to throw the ball, they average seven and a half yards. You agree with that? Mm Mm-hmm. The all-time modern leader since the 1950s, Otto Graham actually is the leader, but after that... It's been Patrick Mahomes in his career, eight and a half yards per attempt. So a full yard more than the average NFL quarterback. This season, Deshaun Watson, 8.8 yards per attempt. Better than Patrick Mahomes in his career. The all-time leader, if this were his career, would be Watson this season. That's outstanding. No one's talking, or few people are talking about it. If you just remove the first two games, which were against Kansas City, which they were playing from behind, and Baltimore, which Baltimore was playing really good, and the one-win game that you were talking about, 35 miles an hour, in all the other games, 9.4 yards per attempt. That would be the best in the history of the NFL. Now, we're cherry-picking there, but just on the season, Watson could be the best quarterback in the NFL. And the flip side is Chicago on the season, their defense, ninth-best defense in the league. But in the last month, once the offense has proven themselves on Chicago to be futile, it's not even worth trying anymore, Khalil Mack, et cetera, that mentality, they're like 28th. The Bears have the 28th best defense, and they have like the 30th best offense, and that's Fez's pick. I got Houston. You know where to go. RJ, week 14 in the NFL kicks off in a little over an hour from now from Los Angeles. It's the Patriots at the Rams and L.A. No change since the start of the show. A four and a half point favorite on pregame.com. That that Bears defense stats got you worried, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, and that effort level against their hated rival Green Bay where the D didn't show up. So they're going to show up out of conference. All right, you got a best bet, though, that I do like. Come on, baby, $80,000. 
stop on the under 43 and a half here. I really like this under. Now, New England loves to run the ball. That's good for unders. That's obvious. People know that. Year to date, New England's run the ball just over 50% of the time. That's number two in the NFL. But the Patriots are emphasizing the run even more the last two games. The Patriots have run the ball 65% of the time in wins against Arizona and the Chargers. So the run is working. I expect they'll continue to run the ball because of the success they've had. Cam Newton, 153 yards. That's not very good. That's not in one game. That's in the last two games. I like the under here. Cam's 153 yards passing combined in two games. Yes. Now, the Patriots have won four out of five. So the fact they're having a mini camp, and we talked about it to start the show, they're not, they didn't travel back to New England. They stayed at UCLA. That's a big advantage when the big road advantage or disadvantage on Thursday typically is having to travel. They've circumvented that. Here's why I really like your pick. Remember that Belichick, in a way, completely torpedoed the Rams franchise. <laughs> Because in the Super Bowl, remember, another one of your favorite bets, Fez, was you took the Rams like plus 350 in week three after they started out 2-0 and thinking, hey, they were undefeated. They're going to be great. And I was showboating and grandstanding oh, you were. when it dropped down a little bit more, yes. Listen, you're getting better with admitting it. I mean, that, that I give you credit for. Guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot-dogging in? You, man. Well, the boy genius got the pants by the genius in that Super Bowl. And I'm not an X's and O's guy, but it was really about, I guess, the way they were playing the front and covering up instead of going at an angle. And that everyone's kind of done it since. And it's caused the Rams to have to change their system. Now, you might think, well, they've changed their system, RJ. How do we know how the Rams will do against the Patriots now? Because Miami is New England South, and they've already played the Rams. And Belichick gets the benefit to see how Flores went against the Rams. They played very well, Miami's defense. And I think it's something that Belichick can certainly emulate, if not improve upon. And you know what? For sure, for sure the Rams are worried about it. So I think the Rams are going to be conservative, even if they are fairly effective. And we know that New England has been running the ball more than ever and thus, the under makes a ton of sense to me. Closing thought. Yeah, I think the Miami is a great example because Goff made so many mistakes in that game. McVeigh is going to be like, you know what? Let's keep it simple and vanilla here. So right now, the line is four and a half Rams. Total is 43 and a half. Fez's best bet, under 43 and a half. Remember, guys, this has been bet heavily on the side of New England. So the line opened up six and a half. It's down to four and a half. So the Sharps are on New England. That's easy. But you can't play the same number. So be careful. If you got some bookie that's got six and a half, play the Pats. I'm not saying the Pats is the wrong side. I'm saying playing a late number after a move, you're effectively playing once the bookie, or I'm sorry, the big betters say we're done. They, kept, they said, give us six and a half. Give us six. Give us. But then they said, a four and a half, we've got enough. That's when you're supposed to bet it? No, it's when you're not supposed to bet it. Be careful. Best bet, though, under tonight. 
If you missed any of today's show, including a Vegas-style preview of how you can make money on the Jalen Hurts start this weekend, plus a crossfire between the Texans and Bears, between RJ and Fez, and a look ahead at Thursday night football here coming up in a little over an hour from now. Check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We're back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 